Welcome back to the Maluli Asset Podcast. This is your host, Casey Maluli, and we're back for episode 379. Just Brendan and I this week, and we get into the cost of living adjustment, the 5.9% cost of living adjustment that will be applied to Social Security benefits starting next year in 2022. We break down how these adjustments get factored into our financial plans, and we also talk about the broader social security system. We provide some historical context around the changes that have been made before and how we think those changes will be factored into our plans moving forward. So there's a lot of good information in this one. Totally unbiased opinion there, but stick around for episode 379. Thanks for listening. So I think the most interesting th- thing that I looked at was looking at the cost of living adjustments over the last time period and then like trying to average them out to smooth it and see what it actually has been as as just like one measure of inflation since it is CPIW. So it's, it's one of the ways you can dice it up. And uh, this increase that's going into effect next year, 5.9%, is the highest one since 2008 which was 5.8%, which was followed by two years of zero, Mm -hmm. which over a three-year period averages to 2%. And if you go back to 2015 and average each year from 2015 through this most recent one they announced this week, it averages to like 2%. So just, I don't know, speaking to like, you know, for planning purposes, we have to assume some kind of rate of inflation the Federal Reserve, who sets interest rates, talks about um, their target for inflation, what they'd like to see in the economy. That can be noisy on a year-to-year basis, quarter-to-quarter basis, when we're getting some of these economic data points announced. And I think it can swing you too far in, in either direction if you get too hung up on the most recent data point without considering the larger set of things. The bigger picture is what matters, although we have to live through all the shorter terms, too. Definitely. I was reading the, uh, an article that CNBC did on this cost of, cost of living adjustment that's being applied to Social Security benefits. So for those who don't know, the Social, Secu- Social Security Administration announced a 5.9% cost of living adjustment to Social Security benefits that's going to kick in in 2022. So I looked into how the cost of living adjustment or COLA is actually calculated, which was pretty interesting. So it's the CPIW, which is the consumer price index, which is one of the most popular measures of inflation, but it's the CPIW. So the consumer price index for urban wage earners and clerical workers. So it's a little bit more specific than just the the broad CPI number. But it's they take the reading in the third quarter of each year. So they took it in the third quarter of 2020, and then they took it in the third quarter of 2021, which just wrapped up a couple weeks ago. And whatever the percentage increase is, they apply it to next year's payments. Mm-hmm. So it's not even the whole year of, of 2020. It's just one quarter of 2020, which I think is 
to your point, if it if they did it for the whole year, it would look different. If they did it as like a, a more rolling average, it would look yeah, whatever, it would look right. a lot different. So oh sure right like to say that you could do it from the third quarter of 2021 and measure from the third quarter of 2018. Right. And, and update it on that sort of a basis. As, as I mean, let's uh, just think about what was going on in the third quarter of last year in 2020. Sure. You're that getting was... a lot of a lot of economic data, especially this year, that just looks as as some of it did last year too, like totally out of whack because of where it's being measured from. Right. And uh, yeah, right. So third even... quarter last year, things were kind of bottoming out from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um the beginning of, of the third quarter, I think, was when they were kind of bottoming out. And then economic data started to, started to kind of improve as we went into the end of the year there. But yeah, I know in the article, I think some political groups, I think even President Biden was saying how they should use a different index, CPIE, which is CPI for elderly, hmm. which I mean, they are the people who are receiving these checks, but I'm not sure exactly what the, di- what like the differences are. Medical costs or, or thing like a different basket of goods that maybe is more applicable to retirees. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I guess so. But this year, at least, nobody's complaining about 5.9%. Right. So but we've, I th- had, we've had three years over the last 12 decade yeah. where we where we didn't have any. Right. Right. So the two following uh, 2008, so 2009 and 10. I think, or maybe the next year's chronologically, we had two following a, another big increase at 5.8%. Yep. That were zeros. And then 2015 was a zero followed up by 0.3. So that was effectively two years of no cola right? Um, as well. So it, it's, it's, it's an interesting parallel because I know we talk about how investing returns are, you kind of say lumpy, which is a, is a funny term for it, but they're, it's right. You know, we talk about average returns when we're building financial plans for, for folks, both in terms of investments and inflation. Two and big, we, two big components to the plan. Where huge we, components. We've got to assume something and it's, it's going to be a flat number, at least for starters. Right. Um, but we're certainly not going to get it. It might, but it might average to it, you know, over over the long term, and that's that's what we're looking for. Sure. Where you know, like over the last twelve months, people have experienced more inflation. If we're just going to use the uh, CPIW, that's a very high inflation rate on a rolling twelve uh, month basis right. that we're now getting a raise for from Social Security. But over the last seven years, we've averaged like two percent inflation, right. which is exactly. You know, where the Federal Reserve says it wants to be and probably a number that most people are thinking is is perfectly reasonable. So it, it just depends on what scale you're looking at it. Like and, and, you know, with the investments, I know we talked about this probably early on in this year quite a bit. But like we got to the third quarter of last year and small cap stocks had returned nothing for three years mm-hmm. prior to that. And then in six months after that, they went up 60%. Oh, crazy. In six months. Yeah. And so you got... You average that out. And right. So you got... Three, right in line. Three and a half years worth of returns in six months. And if you, you know, got itchy and had to do something in, in the interim, then then you missed on that. Right. Um, but they, they did what they were supposed to do. There's just... There's no promise of it being smooth over time. If right. investment returns were smooth... You know, on a monthly basis over time, half a percent a month, yeah. and inflation ran at which was point ten percent a month, and we knew exactly what to predict. I mean, it it would make planning uh, a lot easier, so much easier because there are a lot of people kind of 
have the have this idea where they're just gonna they have their principal and then they're just gonna spend whatever the investments make and you know when there's a difference between when we're building plans and, and making projections and then living through the actual different market cycles and cycles with inflation so we kind of have to make assumptions with planning that's just the way it is but part part of the way that that we combat that with planning is when we do need to assume something i would rather assume assume something on the higher end for something like inflation or expenses um, just because the consequences of being wrong there would be an improvement to the plan and when we're assuming something for uh, investment returns I would rather assume something that's on the lower end sure. because higher returns, again, would only be an improvement. That's sure. the direction I'd prefer to be wrong in when making planning projections. Right. And they'll certainly be wrong. They're just guesses. Right. But if we do it on with those parameters, then I think that we're setting ourselves up for success and we're leaving, we're leaving wiggle room for the variation in those uh, so rates important. of inflation, return, expenses that are going to occur. But we're, the variation should be baked in so that we're receptive to them in, in hopefully a positive way as opposed to it being a negative surprise that we weren't prepared for. So important. I think seeing the headline 5.9%, almost 6% pretty much increase in the cost of living mm. at this time when there's inflation fears are, are running hot and we're, we're seeing some issues across the board. It was it was attention grabbing and kind of could could stir up some emotion in, in people and Threw some gasoline on the fire. Yeah, we're talking about inflation for the last several months, and then you get this this reading that it's is confirmed. Well, yeah, right. It's applicable to so many people. Uh, I mean, you see all the stats about how many retirees, the percentage of retirees, and the percentage of their income that Social Security makes up the the, the amount of people that it lifts out of poverty per per year. It's right. it's an important thing. So everybody's paying attention to the COLA increase for social security since, you know, it impacts all of us to some degree, whether we're taxpayers or people who are on, on the uh, benefit side of things right. for social security. So, yeah, I mean, you see that data point get thrown into the mix of all the other inflation talk and uh, yeah, it's, it maybe is uh, exacerbating, you know, the issue in terms of just making it even more in our face. Yeah. So 65 million Americans collect Social Security checks each month. Wow. So 9 out of 10 people over the age of 65 collected a security Social Security check in December of 2020. Mm -hmm. Just some more stats to, to prove your point here. 37% of elderly men and 42% of elderly women rely on Social Security for more than 50% of their annual income. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's a part of everybody's financial plan to some degree, whether it's replacing that much of your income or, you know, a smaller amount or a larger amount. I mean, it factors in it's along with investments or if you're lucky enough to have a pension outside of your Social Security. I mean, those are the components. Those are the inputs to retirement plans when we're looking at how how to how do folks, you know, uh, make ends meet once yeah. they're done working. So yeah, it's it's pretty critical. So this this average monthly payment is going to increase by about ninety two dollars each month, which works out to roughly eleven hundred dollars per year. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about elderly folks who are relying on this for income, I think it was smart of the the politicians to build in the the colas and and to make sure that you know these people who are relying on it are are able to keep up and and to get what they need. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you think about the amount of people who um, no longer have something available to them, like a, like a pension, like a guaranteed stream of income in retirement. Those have, you know, begun to get phased out more and more. Sure. And the folks that do have them, very, very few have a cost of living adjustment over time. So whatever the annual amount they receive is goes not as far the right. further uh, yeah, it's into a fixed the, amount. Yeah, so. right. So it becomes less valuable further into retirement, and and also just you know the idea of maybe using some of your money to buy something like an annuity to replicate pension guaranteed stream of income. Good luck finding something with an, a cola increase <laughs> yeah, not on that happen. too. Right. It, it's not going to happen yeah. or you're going to pay so much for it that it's not going to be worthwhile when you run the numbers. So super valuable and and a unique component, I think, to most people's retirement plans is having this stream of income that not only replaces a nice chunk of their need in, in retirement of the income that they used to earn, but it also does so on an inflation adjusted basis. That's yeah, huge. super valuable. And that's why the decision of like when to take it it, you know, you shouldn't tread lightly on that. You should really consider like what the best path forward for you or you and your spouse is going to be because yeah. it's, it's critical. Huge decision there. Was it uh, Ben Carlson who tweeted that Social Security is the best annuity in the world? Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I kind of agree. Yeah. yeah. For, so, for, all, for all the handshaking. Uh, I was just going to I was just going to get there with Social Security. You sure. know, m- nowadays you you hear a lot of people about how Social Security is going to run out and where we can't I should just take it now because we can't rely on the government to to be there when we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have some interesting points on that as well just looking back through history. So the colas weren't added until 20 years after Social Security was started in the 1930s. Okay. So they were, this was, they made an amendment to the Social Security Act, which was in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So they realized, hey, we gotta, things are getting more expensive. We have to, we have to make this change. Right. Life expectancy in 1930, 58 years old for men and 62 years old for women. Right. Yeah. So the, the program has certainly transformed over time. Uh, in terms of what it's actually doing for people, right? Um, you know, as a result of life expectancies becoming. What do you think the first more. monthly Social Security check was for? How much? Like the dollar, dollar, the dollar, dollar amount. amount? Inflation adjusted or back then? Back then, uh, like ten dollars or something. Twenty-two dollars yeah. and fifty-four cents. <laughs> wow, nice. And now the average is sixteen hundred. Yeah, sure. Wow. <laughs> no, but that's that speaks to the value of the inflation adjustment, whether or not. CPIW is perfect or not, it, it's at least to some degree kept up yeah. and, and adjusted those dollars to be worth something today as opposed to being 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. So like we said, 65 million people who receive Social Security checks each month and the number of um, the demographics are shifting. So the number of Americans age 65 and older will increase from 57 million in 2021 to over 76 million in 2035. Yeah, so you, you hear about like the 2030s being the point where um, at least as the world exists today, there start to be some operational issues with social security, meaning that there would only be, so the way it works out today is I think that for for every um, one person collecting social security, there's like three or three and a half who are paying in via payroll taxes. 
And by t- by the 2030s, it's going to be like more uh, more like two and a half yep. for every one who's collecting. Meaning, the amount coming in is not going to be enough to pay the full amount of the anticipated benefits at that point in time. And it's it's they have enough without changing any of the rules to get about three quarters of it. And so that's always the thing that you hear referenced when people are worried about the viability of the program. Right. The thing I think that goes unspoken that Ben Carlson also uh, tipped me off to, at least in a post, was that that three quarters number, It's uh, if, if you just think about over the next decade that occurring, you would probably anticipate that that number continues to get smaller and smaller over time, meaning if it's only going to cover three quarters in the 2030s and maybe by the 2050s it's only covering half and Mm. and so on and so forth yeah at least with again as the rules as they are today and demographics anticipated workforce size um out to like the 2070s it projects to cover the same three quarters so the situation doesn't project to become more dire than it will be in Mm. the 2030s as a result of time continuing to go on that's a good point because i mean we're seeing our age groups and millennials kind of coming into the workforce. So is, is that the driving factor that's kind of yeah, keep it, keeping that well, afloat? So demographics behind, behind that um, yeah. are, I think what factor into it. And again, this is without changing any of the laws at all in terms of how the payroll taxes are collected or how the benefits are collected. Yeah. Um, they could, they could tell folks, our age case that uh, you know we're we're not going to be able to collect until we're seventy, yeah, and that might be that might be perfectly reasonable, and we keep paying in at the same rate. Um, or they could say something along the lines of the the cap on on income each year that is uh, the subject to sure, yeah. So you have you have only a portion of your income, you know, up to about one hundred and forty thousand or so. The number right. changes each year, yeah, along with the. Cola adjustments. Right. They yeah. have a new number now for next year. Mm-hmm. The wage base uh, that that six and a half percent for Social Security for the employee contribution is taken from that could that could be changed. Right. Um, to fund it, there are there are a lot of different levers they can pull to change this that don't result in them throwing up their hands and saying it's insolvent. Yeah. It was a Ponzi all along. Can't like, do it anymore. Your money. Yeah. It's one of the most popular, probably the most popular program that the government runs that and medicare yeah um yeah i i just i don't see a world and don't get me wrong it's not that i have a ton of faith in politicians either i'm not i'm not a fan as much as the next guy but i don't see a world where they just allow a program like that to expire um and then deal with the repercussions of that because i that's i don't want to see what that's the thing i think the one thing that if you're skeptical of politicians, the one thing that you can bank on is that they're going to act in their own best interest. Sure, very they're going to they're going to serve their own purposes. <laughs> yeah. So it's in their best interest to do that. To that point, the highest voting turnout in the 2020 election cycle mm-hmm. was in the age 65 to 74 bracket. There you go. 76 percent. Yeah. You don't think that they care about those voters? Right, sure. And those are the exact people we're talking about. Exactly. Social Security. No, that's very good point. And so, I agree. Yeah, I think there, like you said, there are so many levers and so many tweaks that they can make. And, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. We're kind of subject to what the government is going to do with that. But it's changed a lot over the years, dating back to the 1930s, as we've illustrated. So I think it will continue to change into the future.
I think maybe that lack of control is what frustrates people yeah. so much. So when when people complain about social security, really maybe what what we're all collectively con- complaining about is is just some degree of that whole thing being out of our hands. Sure. Doesn't doesn't feel very secure. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because it's can only control security. what we can yeah. control, doesn't, right? Doesn't feel secure, but uh, <laughs> you know, I I, I do think that uh, it's a valuable piece of, of a retirement plan for virtually every person who comes through our door. I think it will continue to be that for many years into the future and just one man's opinion, but uh, that's that's what I think. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode 379 of the Maluli Asset Podcast. Look out for if you're receiving Social Security checks each month, Starting next year in 2022, you should see that 5.9% adjustment made. And if you have any questions about what the adjustment means for you moving forward, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll be back for episode 380. Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast.